The Uncertain Chapter 6 Understanding I poured the last quarter of syrup from the bottom of the can into my mouth. That had always been my favorite part, even though other people found it gross. I washed it out in the sink and set it in the counter next to my other two empty canned meals. I stood, leaning against the windowsill, just looking out, just letting my eyes wander, curiously scanning for any kind of clue to something new. It was just around mid-morning, and the streets had begun to come more and more alive. Has it always been like this? Have I been too trapped in my own thoughts to notice? There was a stray dog wandering around to a few shops that seemed to know it, and welcoming it with a good morning treat. That's not a bad way to spend a morning. At least morning meals are a guarantee for her. Or him. For it. One of the shop owners was standing outside her store, stretching and getting ready for the day. Another was just sitting in an old kitchen chair out front, staring at the horizon. There were a few kids dashing in between trees and piles of rubble, and it seemed as though they were pretending to be part of a hunt of some kind. Then I saw their prey, the man sitting in the chair, looking the other way. Are they going to knock him down or attack him? What kind of game is this? They crept closer and closer and closer, and then... Just before they pounced, the man spun around and whipped out his shield. It looked to be an old trash can lid with the logo of an old comic book hero on it. I wonder who will win. Or who has won the most, because it seems like this is a pretty normal routine for all of them. I closed my eyes, and I could feel the warmth of the sun come over me. Something new was going to happen. Something different. I could tell. I began to feel anxious, restless in my surroundings. I had this sense of discovery going through me, and I could feel it pushing me, persuading me to step outside of my newly established barriers. I wasn't afraid, more so intimidated by my own desire to give in to this feeling. I didn't know what would happen or where I'd go, but I think at that moment I realized that it was okay not to fully know something. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, I came to rest here by accident. I just wandered up here and it just happened to work in my favor. Now, the only difference from then to now is the time that's passed. I stood and stretched for a moment, feeling good in my decision. Then I grabbed my jacket, put the last bit of bread into one of the outer pockets, and stopped. There it was. Just sitting on the couch. The book, with its... Blank front and back cover, just like in my dream. What do I do with you? Should I leave you and come back for you later, or take you with me? I stood for a moment, thinking, looking out at the kids and the man playing their game. You know what? I don't know if I'll come back. I don't really know where I'll go when I leave, so I think I have to take you with me. You'll be a good reminder of what I've been a part of here, and a good change of pace from my other pocket inhabitants. You may even provide me with good entertainment at some point. I threw on my jacket, put the book in the other outer pocket, and then zipped it up. I took a few steps toward the door, and just as I reached for the handle, I looked back, so I could get one more look at everything that was there. One final look at the hours that had passed, and 
see the different parts of me I had uncovered. It was a strange feeling, as if I were leaving bits of me behind for the next person to find, or for the next day and night to collect into their dream of events and truths. Thank you for your help and for allowing me to help you, I said as I shut the door behind me. As I came downstairs, I got a whiff of this morning's breath. It held in it hints of fragrances from around this part of the block and slight scents of the rain from the previous night. A story was being uncovered with each inhale. I could smell flowers waiting to be admired, the smell of a breakfast being prepared, and near the end of the wind was an aroma of something sweet. When I opened the door to leave, a baker walked by me with a box full of that sweet smell. Grapes, melon, strawberries, and maybe even a blueberry. And it took me a moment to realize what they were. Fruit tarts. Delectable, delicate, and sweet, but not overwhelming so as to ruin a morning appetite. I wonder where she's going. I closed the door behind me and then searched for keys so I could return. No. You don't live here. You are just visiting. If you need to come back, you know how to get here, but you shouldn't worry about that just now. The day was calm, or at least starting off that way, as it was hard to tell what could happen later on. I began to walk down the street, strolling along and trying my best to take in all that I could. A glass shop on one side that had beautiful small cups and sculptures, one configured to look as if they were dancing together. A tall golden figure held a slightly shorter light blue piece in the middle, and it looked as though two ballroom dancers had been caught in glass and frozen in time, dancing to music that had been trapped in the glass with them. There were sets of oddly shaped plates, all different sizes, that were stained in numerous greens and blues and a few browns with a few red and orange and yellow. Oh, I see. They represent the elements. I'd have gone in to look at them more, but the shop hadn't been opened yet. Oh well, another time. I don't have any money to spend there anyway. I saw a bookstore across the street and wondered if they might be open. I haven't read a book in a while and I have a bit of energy to burn. At least, I think so. I don't know why considering I haven't had much sleep. Maybe a book can help with that. Closed. Apparently, I'm out at the time when shopkeepers are still getting ready for the day's activities. I looked in the window, peered hard through it, and when I couldn't see anything, put my face on the glass and covered the sides of it with my hands. I was hoping to see if there were any books that would match the one I'd found. I guess I guess I was looking for an easy escape or shortcut to what I'd no doubt have to do. There's a scream that came from my right, and then a loud groan, and I heard the older man start speaking. No, this can't be. I must... Save the city from evil. I can't fail. And then the old man started to fall to the ground while holding his chest. He tossed the trash can lid aside and held the now free hand out towards a building across the street. But wait, he said. The hero can still call for help from his fellow superhero team. Will he get the call in time? Has evil finally won? Does he need a band-aid? Come back tomorrow to see what happens next. The kids turned to one another as if planning another assault. No, no. We must conclude for the day. It's nearly time to work, and I see your mom over there waiting for you. Go on. That way you have time to plan for tomorrow. Do we have to? A little boy and girl said in unison. Yes. Don't worry. 
Tomorrow will be here before you know it. I promise. Tomorrow is forever away. It's only forever at this moment in time, but forever has a tendency of becoming yesterday faster than you think. Now, go on. You shouldn't keep your mother waiting. They all scurried off, still continuing their own battles of the game. I stepped a bit closer to see if the man needed help cleaning up his portion of the gear. Hey there, good morning. He was an older man, but he had a young air about him. He stood at around 5 feet 10 inches tall or so with a complexion that was only slightly darker than the pants he wore. He wore a sweater vest over his t-shirt, casual-looking tan pants, and a casual-looking pair of dress shoes, which were black to match some of the pattern on his vest. His eyes were light brown and his hair, a dark shade with hints of gray, looked as though it had been growing back for a few weeks after being completely shaven off. His beard stubble and goatee, also the small hints of gray hairs, enhanced his smile and the wrinkles in his cheeks suggested that he smiled quite a lot. Good morning. Did you enjoy our little show? Yeah, I did. How long have you been doing it? What, playing with kids? Since forever. Oh no. It's been so long I'm beginning to sound like him. It wouldn't be so bad as long as it keeps you young, right? He laughed as he slowly bent down to pick up the trash lid and placed it on top of the can. Yeah, I suppose. Any little thing helps. You have quite a few little things, it seems, to keep you busy. It's a good way to start the morning. It gives me a chance to get some exercise in before I open up shop, and it gives their mother a chance to prepare a good meal for all of them without needing to stop. All those kids are from one woman? No, no. She has two of her own, the twins, Marco and Connie. The others she's taken in because they were abandoned or had no place else to go. I just do my part to show them that life can still be fun, as long as you're willing to venture out past the bad experiences. Come inside. We can talk while I set up, if you'd like. Yeah, thank you. Anything I can do to help? Just unstack the chairs from the tables. That should be good enough. They're heavier than they look, though. So you said you've been doing what you do with them forever. The oldest one was maybe eight years old, right? So how long have you looked after them every morning? Actually, he's nine, Jordan, and he takes his responsibility seriously. He looks after them all and took the longest to warm up to me, but now he's eased up, and when they're with me in the morning, he's just as much fun as the younger siblings. Ah, well, that's good then. And the others. Well, Marco and Connie like to cause a bit of trouble here and there, but are really good at solving puzzles, especially together. And they're the third oldest. Between them and Jordan is Shelly. She is tiny for her age, but she's quick. She can outrun all of the others and loves to climb. In fact, that pile of rubble leading to the tree next to my roof out there, she asked me to build it for her. The girl has no fear of heights. And then there are Kevin and Ben, or little Benjamin. Kevin is going to be seven soon, but he and the twins are never the same age for long. And Ben just turned five. He's shy, but can always tell you when someone new comes along. That's how I knew you were watching our game. Kevin and Ben are more observant. They like to watch the older kids play so they can learn all they can from them. Usually, when we play a game, those two are spies or messengers or something along those lines, just because it makes it easier to sit back and spectate. Wow. Sounds like you know them pretty well. Yeah, well, like I said, I've been doing this forever. I had my own kids before everything went to crap, and I used to play with them all the time. And the world changed, and we were separated. 
they were older by then, but I have grandkids out there that I don't think I'll ever be able to see. So these six little hooligans are considered by me to be a gift. You seem very positive considering you've lost some of the ones you held dear. Like I said, life can be fun despite being treated unfairly. So, what can I get you? What do you mean? Well, you look tired. It's lucky for you, you're in a coffee shop. I'm pretty sure I have the cure for that exhaustion you're suffering from. How can you tell I'm exhausted? You have bags under your eyes, bags almost as heavy as coffee bags here. Oh, wow, I had no idea I looked that bad. It's been kind of a long night for me. Well, how about some coffee to make it easier to handle what will most likely be a long day? Thank you, but I haven't got much money. It's alright, you don't have to pay, just tell me a bit about you. What's on your mind? Maybe I can help. I really wouldn't know where to start. That's fine. I think the best place to start would be right now. You have that look of someone looking for something they didn't know they lost, so what do you think that might be? I think I'm just looking to understand things. I, I've just now begun to feel aware of what I'm unaware of, and at the same time, I'm just barely in tune with who I want to be. I just don't understand what to do with the little I have. I see, I see. Why, may I ask, do you see what you have as little? Here you go. Thank you. Um, because I know there's still so much more out there. There's always going to be more out there, but it's always going to be out there. You are here, right now. What do you have to show for it? Bags under my eyes and a cup of coffee. Not bad, kind of obvious, but it's a start. Let me tell you something, something... I learned fairly recently. If someone wants to understand something, whether it's in themselves, their purpose, or in the world in general, one must first learn to accept. Accept? Yeah, it's much easier said than done, but I promise you, it can be done. Let me ask you something. How many times have you been wrong in your lifetime? Well, without people telling me, a lot. Okay. And in each time you were wrong, or were wrong, did you learn from that mistake? Yeah. Sometimes it took a while, but I did eventually learn. Of course you did, because you're human. It doesn't matter how long it takes to learn the lesson. The point is that you learn the lesson. As long as your heart's in the right place, it's never going to be too late to grow and get better. Progression is granted to those who are willing to be wrong. Isn't that really risky? I mean, isn't that how the world got to be the way it is now? Yes and no. You see, back then, people believed in anything and everything. Nobody bothered to check for facts or verification, and those that did were cast aside. I know how that feels. As do I. But the real problems began when we grew to ignore the obvious possibility that all of us could be wrong. We began to put all our faith into never being wrong that eventually our faith led to our downfall. Don't get me wrong, it's important for anyone to have something to believe in. For instance, I believe one day I'll see my kids and grandkids, but I also understand that there's a high chance of me being wrong, and I accept that. But believing in something and forcing others to believe in what you do because you fail to see similarities between what they have faith in and what you have faith in leads to nothing but destruction, both internally and externally. How we now live 
is an example of that. So chance, in your case, is your risk. You believe that you may see them again, but are most likely going to be disappointed and can be proven wrong? Yes, but that's my risk to take, and it affects me more than it affects anyone else, unless I pour my expectations into the lives of others, in which case it becomes everybody's problem. The great thing about chance is the matter of one person taking one and being rewarded for it in a way they had not at all thought or expected. Take you and me, for example. You mean how I saw you playing with the kids? I mean me inviting you into my shop, not knowing anything about you other than you looking tired. I don't even know your name. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I must be tired. I hadn't thought to introduce myself. It's okay. Me knowing your name wouldn't have made a difference in my choice. The point is that I took a chance. That I was willing to take a chance to invite a stranger into my clothes shop and was willing to experience something new. But you couldn't do what you did with me to anybody, right? I mean, you can't just invite a stranger a day to come in and expect nothing bad will happen, right? You're right. And I wouldn't do something like that because that would be foolish. Chance is not based on foolishness. It's based on circumstance. There are many variables that go into chance, many things that are often overlooked because chance is placed in high regards. People used to take chances with the expectation that everything would work out for them no matter what. That isn't how chance works. Chance is a cousin of logical thinking. And because of this, there's no point in taking a chance if you don't first consider logical consequences. So you considered both the good and bad outcomes of what could happen if you let me in here. Yes, but I also took into account your apparent fatigue and the fact that I've been up playing with kids, getting my buzz circulating for a few hours. Now in your peak condition, yes, you could have overpowered me, but had you have tried something, you would have barely made it across the street before I caught up with you. You seem to know quite an awful lot about chance and risk. In the past life, I was a teacher. Knowing things was part of my job, and that way I could help show my students what it meant to truly learn all that life has to offer. There was a knock on the door, and that sweet smell came back to me as he walked over to open it. It was the baker. She'd been making deliveries. Good morning. Oh, hello. You have company. Should I come back later? No, it's all right. I've been expecting you. Besides, the more the merrier. Running a little late today, are you? Well, you know how it goes with Martha. Once she gets talking, it's hard to find a way to end the conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'll be seeing her later on today. I'll be back later as well. Just wanted to stop by and give you your goodies for breakfast. Thank you. They're always a great addition to the mornings. I'll see you tonight, too, right? She giggled and kissed him on the cheek. Of course, this time, I'll cook. See you later, then, my baker. I didn't realize how late it got into the morning. Do you mind if we carry on this conversation another time? I need to start getting more things ready. You don't have to leave or anything. You're more than welcome to stay even after you finish your coffee. Hopefully, our talk helped you get closer to what it is you want. Thank you. I think it did. I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I'll know better once the coffee kicks in, I'm sure. That adorable woman. She always gives me more than I can eat. Would you like one? Have you ever had a fruit tart? Not in a long time. Two servings of fruit. And not just one day, but one morning. Am I being rewarded for something? If so, then thank you. This will not go unappreciated, I assure you. The sun began to rise faster, or so it seemed. And as it got higher, I could feel my back getting warmer. I didn't want to take off my jacket, but I also didn't want to sit here in a sweat. 
Not long after he finished setting up did a couple of people come in. Both greeted him in their own way. A small lady with her hair tight in a bun came in and waved at him, put her jacket on the table, and then walked up to order. She spoke politely, but with a tone that suggested she was in a rush, which was odd because she only sat back down at the table and opened a book. She didn't move after she got her drink and pastry. I wonder if the book she's reading is that good. She looks very determined. A younger man walked in, taller than the cafe owner, but thinner in comparison. He had on a mismatched set of pants and jacket and shoes that didn't go with either one. He had on glasses that seemed to be too big because he kept adjusting them each time he moved his head. He seemed frantic, but tried desperately to keep his calm. He asked for something to eat in espresso. Are you sure you want to do that? After getting his espresso, he sat at the table adjacent to mine, but sat facing the window. He nodded at me and smiled, and then at the lady who smiled quite nicely at him, and then immediately went back to reading her book. I just sat there, waiting to witness more traffic and trying to make more sense of what the owner and I had talked about. I'd sip my coffee, then pause and think for a while, then sip my coffee more and go back to thinking. The fruit tart was good. It had always been one of my favorite treats. It was saddening to notice when I had picked up the last piece and know that even if I cherished that small bite, it would fade into the forgotten memory of my taste buds before I had time to lick my lips. As I stared at the mug in my hand, I couldn't help but chuckle at the thought of coffee was once seen as a luxury. Sold within a market that tried each and every day to convince so many people of what luxuries had to be. Now we have bags and bags and pounds and pounds of it just to use. Nobody tries to sell it and nobody tries to steal it because it wouldn't really be worth anything to anybody. It's just a thing. Something we have, not have to have, but just have around, like plants. Which makes sense considering it does come from a tree. Had this been in the past, I'd have been viewed as an equal or proper as I sit here and sip my coffee because this was what people did back then, just to try and be seen as more. Sit in a cafe and drink coffee, and many would happily pay $20 for more than four drinks just because we were convinced it was something people had to have and something we needed. I guess that was one of the things people wrongly believed in. We'd not want to risk being seen without a cup of coffee due to fear of how others would see us. We didn't want to be seen as lacking, so we convinced ourselves that it was a necessity. We went on believing in things and having little faith in each other, turning our backs on people while allowing ourselves to be taken advantage of all four luxuries. The most easily spread happened to be coffee, granted a false sense of comfort in many wrongly established luxuries. It's funny how things work out, I suppose. Now our luxuries are simple. What we need, we know we can get, and what we want doesn't overshadow what is essential. It's basic living and survival. Obviously, perfection will never be possible, but a utopian society is not and should never be the goal. Simplicity is. Maybe that's what he meant when he was talking about chance and logical consequences. For us now, we take chances on each other, and in the past, we made it more important to take chances on the things that would make us better than one another. Therein lay the biggest problem, our overbearing and insatiable appetite to prove that there is such a thing as better and best within a society. We manifested power in the form of tangibles, money, class, and religions. 
We allowed ourselves to get so involved with making each other look bad that in the end, our selfishness and greed consumed our humanity. It wasn't until we lost it that we recognized how badly we needed it to survive. Maybe for him, playing with the kids and sneaking a kiss or two to the baker is how he nourishes his humanity. Maybe for him, this small act and continuing to believe in something that has a high chance of not happening is his way of bringing balance to life. Then again, I could be wrong. Maybe that's the reward of risk, the unknown possibility of it all, and being able to accept all that comes with the unknown. While the beauty of a chance is learning to be greater than what the past has dictated us to be. After all, it's been said that realizing how little one knows is the beginning of learning what really matters.